What if we could start to walk with the earth and ask every single day, earth, what can I contribute to you? And earth, what can you contribute to me? And what if we started receiving a totally different possibility here on planet earth? Like we're not here to destroy it. Hello and welcome to The Daily Helping with Dr. Richard Schuster. Food for the brain, knowledge from the experts, tools to win at life. I'm your host, Dr. Richard. Whoever you are, wherever you're from, and whatever you do, this is the show that is going to help you become the best version of yourself. Each episode, you will hear from some of the most amazing, talented, and successful people on the planet who followed their passions and strive to help others. Join our movement to get a million people each day to commit acts of kindness for others. Together, we're going to make the world a better place. Are you ready? Because it's time for your daily helping. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the Daily Helping Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Richard, and we have an extraordinary guest to share with you today. And her name is Simone Millicis. She's an innovative business leader, author, and a leading facilitator with Axis Consciousness, a set of life-changing techniques and tools currently facilitated in more than 175 countries. As a worldwide business development coordinator for Access Consciousness, she has been instrumental in its growth from four countries to 175 plus. Her unique and successful approach to business led to her founding The Joy of Business, a program empowering entrepreneurs to embrace their own unique leadership and business skills. Renowned for her refreshingly on vulnerable, and dynamic approach. Simone is regularly featured in the media in such places as Fox News, Forbes, GQ, and Mind Body Green. She's also the author of The Joy in Business and bestsellers including Getting Out of Debt Joyfully and Relationships. Are you sure that you want one? Lastly, she hosts a weekly podcast, The Choice, Change, and Action Podcast. Simone, we've got a lot to talk about. Welcome to The Daily Helping. It is great to have you on. Thank you, Dr. Richard. It's wonderful to be here. Well, this is going to be a lot of fun. There's so many things that you've done that we're going to get to talk about that are exciting. But as you know, when I have somebody on The Daily Helping, I like to peel back the onion a little bit. It's the psychologist in me. I can't help it. But I love to learn about people's why. So you've done all of these incredible things. But what started you on your journey? I'm going to say what started me on my journey is... I'm going to say I knew I was different. Like even at high school, everyone was talking about, you know, getting married, having kids, going to college, university, et cetera. And everyone kept saying to me, what do you want to do when you leave school? And I was like, I want to see the world. I want to see the world. And it was such a pull for me. And I also had this point of view that I wanted to, I said, I want to have my own business. And everyone used to ask me and say, well, what sort of business do you want to have? And I was like, I have no idea. It wasn't something in particular I just knew that to me, business could be like this playground that you could explore and you could have adventures and you could change the way people looked at the world. That was something that I grew up with, like knowing that we could look at the world and look at each other in a really different way. And I kept seeing people buy into, you know, the trauma and drama or, you know, all of this, like the victim, the scarcity, the lack. And it never made any sense to me. I was always looking out at the world going, can't you see the planet, the earth? Like there's got to be something different. So I, I will say, Dr. Richard, 
for a long time, I thought I was just going crazy and that maybe the men in the white coats were going to come along and take me away because nobody else seemed to be getting what I was getting or perceiving what I was perceiving. So I just kept plodding along and choosing, you know, different to anybody else is what I get. I mean, I left high school, I got three jobs, I worked my butt off and then I left at 19 and just traveled around the world for three years. So that's what sort of began this journey of not only discovering me, but also seeing the way people lived around the world and the choices that they made. And I came up with this whole business plan when I was traveling of what I would like to actualize in the world. Pretty insightful for a 19-year-old to kind of realize those things. And yet you said something that so many of my guests have shared that are entrepreneurs and that the journey is lonely. You know, for some their parents are business owners and it's a generational entrepreneurial kind of thing. It wasn't like that for you, I, I'm suspecting, based on kind of how you've been talking. I mean, you know, and it, of course, it depends on the generation before as well. So, you know, my mom was from Scotland and she came out to Australia on a boat when she was 19 years of age. You know, you paid 10 pounds to get to Australia. And if you stayed longer than six months, you never paid the full fare sort of thing because they were trying to get immigrants out here. And then my dad escaped from Lithuania during World War II and was a stowaway in a boat and ended up in Australia. So they both have these stories growing up, you know, sort of just during the war or just after the war. So in their heads, it was very like, play it safe. And I remember at one point they were talking to me saying, you need to, you know, get an education and then get a good, safe job. Like my father was like, get a job in a bank or something. And I was like, I remember saying to him, I was such a petulant teenager, and I said, you know what? I said, I'd rather stick needles in my eyes than get a good, safe job. There's a whole world out there. So I did do that thing of, uh, you know, like teenagers do that, you know, I will choose for me, which is so resisting and choosing against their parents to try and prove something. But I just knew that life as per society was telling me that was the good, safe life to live. I was like, wow, this is not it there's got to be something else. So I very much did feel not heard. Like even my friends for quite a while, you know, the ones who studied at university, et cetera, and then they got corporate jobs. You know, by that stage, I had started this importing, exporting business from Nepal, India, Tibet, and Thailand. And I was working with some amazing people in these countries, but I was coming home and I was selling, you know, my goods at markets and et cetera. And I remember my friend saying to me, when are you going to get a real job? And I was like, oh, they, they're not even like asking me any questions about what I'm creating here or the engagement that I get to have with these, you know, Nepalese farming women or the Tibetan refugees. I worked with them a lot. And it's like what I was creating and I, and I was so okay. Like if you want to work in the corporate world and all of that, that's fine. To me, your whole entire life should be your choice. Like I'm pro-choice with everything. <laughs> Choose what works for you, you know? And so I was choosing what works for me but I got that nobody sort of wanted to delve into it and even ask me any questions because to them, it was too different. It was too weird. It wasn't normal, average and real. So you mentioned the importing, exporting business. Was this a part of the business plan that you had created at the age of 19 after your world, world travels? Yeah, it was. Okay. I was living in London for a while and, you know, typical Australian backpacker. I didn't have that much money. So I was living in, and most people get horrified when I say this, a three-bedroom house with one bathroom and 21 people. Holy moly. <laughs> I, you know what? 
Dr. Richard, I never remember even waiting for the bathroom. So it was a lot of fun. And But I lived there, got a job, trying to get some money together. So in order to give myself space and I didn't have much money, what I used to do is I used to buy a ticket for the bus and I would get on one of those double-decker buses and sit at the front, up the top, and go from one end of London to the other just to be with me and I would write. Like I would write notes, I'd write poetry, I'd do whatever. And there was two things that occurred that changed a lot for me is one, I was going, I was asking a question of where's the happy in the world? And I remember going across London in this bus and, you know, we went through so many different areas from, you know, the Pakistani area, the black area, the Jewish area, the wealthy area, the poor area, like as the bus goes across. And as I looked out the window, I was like, wow, I can't see anyone who's happy. It didn't matter, you know, what the color of their skin was, what their religion was, how much money they had or didn't have. There wasn't this this happy that I knew was possible here on planet Earth. So I started to write down, okay, what could I create in the world that could invite people to change that? And then I saw at Camden Markets, I saw a really famous musician and she had a T-shirt on. And the T-shirt, you know what, to this day, I can't remember what it was, but it was really something really derogatory. And I remember thinking, wow, you have the power and the potency to put a T-shirt on that has some words on your chest that can literally change people's lives. And that's what you choose. So I was like, what could I do? So I started this whole, the first thing I started doing was designing all these T-shirts with words on it that I was hoping would inspire people to know that they're far greater than they think they are. And there's so much more that's possible. So yeah, that's how I started creating the business was, you know, and I had no idea how it was going to show up, where I was going to do it, what it was going to look like. But that was the energy that I went with. That's what I desired to create in the world. Hey guys, Dr. Richard here. For the past seven years, I've been privileged to bring you incredible guests who are changing the world and can help you become the best version of yourself. I'm really excited to share with you a new quiz that I created based on my clinical training that will curate for you a custom list of my top episodes and actionable strategies to help you wherever you are on your journey. All you need to do is go to drrichardschuster.com to take it, and it's 100% free. You'll be taking the next step on the journey to unlocking the power of you. And I can't wait to see where you'll go. And so we teased it a little bit in your intro, but I'd like to hear about Access Consciousness, which you helped grow from four to 175 countries, how you got involved with that and what that is and how that can benefit people. Yeah. Okay. So, well, the business that I was talking to you about, I did create it and it was called Good Vibes For You. And one of the things that we, I used to do is these expos all the time, mind, body and spirit festivals, music festivals, everything. And they'd sell all these t-shirts that I had in the merchandise. And at mind, body and spirit festival in Sydney, I you know had this big stand with all my designs, et cetera. And I met Gary Douglas, the founder of Access Consciousness. And he was just one of the most intriguing men that I've ever met. I had just had a friend who had, and please don't get scared off going to Bali, <laughs> but I just had a friend who went surfing in Bali and she got bitten by a mosquito and died within three days. It's very, very unusual. Okay. So please, but it's a rare case. But anyway, Erin died 
And I was so angry and so frustrated. You know, that movie, Four Weddings and a Funeral, like I wanted the world to stop for a second, like the dogs to stop barking, the clocks to stop ticking because business was, everyone's at this festival and they're all like, yeah, you know, and setting up. And I just wanted to yell and scream and just was so angry. And I met Gary Douglas and he looked at me and he, someone mutual that I knew introduced us and he gave me a hug and I, he hugged me and I sort of pulled back and he looked at me and he said, you know, he said, you'd be a lot better off if you were open to receiving. He said, you'd be happier. You know, your business would do better. You'd make more money, you know. And I looked at him and thought, you have no idea what's going on in my life. Like just that this, you know, crazy man. But that night I could not sleep. All I could think about was this man saying to me, you'd be a lot better off if you're open to receiving. So the next day I, I marched over there, you know, still angry at the world, hands on hips. And I said to him, what did you mean when you said that to me? I thought that I was here to give. And that is one of the things, Dr. Richard, I found over the years. So many people don't allow themselves to receive. It's like they think that all they have to do is give. Now, if you look at, I mean, it even goes back to the Bible. It's like, what if it wasn't give and take? What if there was this gifting and receiving, how you receive when you're gifting and as you're gifting, you receive, like it's a different energy, like the way nature works, you know? So it was a totally new concept to me that if I received, I was like, that would be the bad, terrible person if I was just open to receiving, but it changed my entire world. And so of course I, you know, ended up being intrigued by Gary and I had a few, you know, different chats to him, et cetera, and then went to one of his seminars. And Dr. Richard, everything he was talking about, I was like, that, that's why I created my business. So, you know, I was selling merchandise and and hopefully changing people's lives by t-shirts and stickers and magnets, et cetera. And everything he was talking about in Access Consciousness, he had the tools and the processes and the questions that just change things instantaneously. So of course, me being me, within six months, I found myself in Houston, Texas as an Australian <laughs> doing a facilitator's class there. And basically access consciousness is a set of tools and processes that can change any area of your life that you think is not working for you. Because most people think that their life is not working in some area, but most of us create the obstacles. We're so friggin' potent and we create the obstacles to not allow ourselves to receive. And if we actually allowed ourselves to receive, then there's another possibility available. So I'm wondering, and I'm hearing this, you've clearly always marched to the beat of your own drum, but when you got put in this position to meet that gentleman, learned about this set of protocols, if you will, that that can help people address some of their issues in your life, talk to us about the scaling because that's fascinating to me that you know somebody without an MBA, without any like quote unquote formal training, could help take something from four countries to literally everywhere on the planet. So talk to us about you know, what that was like. Yeah. And this from that. Okay, this is something I would really like people to get because look, I'm a lot of the stuff I would talk about is you get to create your reality, and when I say that, I know people look at well, what's my reality? And then they try and reference something or someone else, or even they go, oh, my personality. It's not, it's like, not, it's your reality. This reality and society has told you, you need to have an, a level of education in order to be successful. It's, it's not correct. And I know America especially is like that. Australia, not so much, like unless you're going to be, you know, a doctor or a lawyer or something like that, then yes. 
but you can still be successful if you don't have a you know higher education. And so the first book that I wrote, Joy of Business, I found that really hard to get out because I had that point of view and I had that judgment of myself. I don't have a degree in business. I don't have a master's degree, et cetera. And I've written this book on business. And I was like, wow, I'm going to be vilified. And then I looked at it and went, you know what? There's one thing I do have is I have a joy of business. And to me, the joy of business is about asking questions and following the energy. It's like when something pops up, you go that and you choose it. It's like, as an example, you know, for years, I thought all accountants and lawyers knew everything until I realized they don't. And I would listen to them and I'd go, oh, and I'd get, have these like consults with different people. And I would hear this, like someone would talk for a while and I'd go that, pick a piece, oh, that piece, that piece. And then I would make it my own. And I think if you are confident enough to know what you know, then you will create a business that is successful, whether you have a degree, whether you can read or write or whatever. It's like you just keep choosing and you follow the energy. So with access, you know, I had the business good vibes for you. And originally Gary said to me, you know, there's a whole lot of things that went on. And then he said to me, hey, you could work with us. And I, of course, was like, no, 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 no. I've got my own business. I don't have time to do this. But you know what we should do? We should set up a company and blah, 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 and started, you know, putting, implementing things anyway into place. And we were in four countries at the time. And what I realized was access consciousness matched the energy of everything I was asking for. It was, I loved my business and it was just, Access consciousness was like a rocket ship compared to what I was creating. So for me, like you said, you know, beating to the, you know, the beat of my own drummer or whatever that saying is, it's like I kept moving forward with that. So, and I've seen so many businesses create like a, a, a plan or, you know, this is the budget or this is what we're going to do next, which is great to be in question, but don't make it a conclusion. And most people kill their businesses when they conclude what it has to look like. So we were in four countries and literally Gary used to, he said to me, you know, I need someone like you in America. And I was like, I can do that from Australia. And then I also moved to Santa Barbara, California for a while and I'd go back and forth. But as we opened up, it's like we allowed access consciousness, the business to show us where next. Now, if you were going to do a business plan there's no way you would have chosen the next country we went to. The next country we started doing seminars at was Korea. And it's like, you know, that makes no sense. It was Korea and then Italy and then the UK. So if you allow yourself again to follow the energy with listening to the business and it's going, hey, come over here and you follow that, then that's like the magical yellow brick road. It's like there's so much more can show up and business can actually be really easy and be joyful which is why I, start, I ended up releasing that book, Joy of Business, because I realized I had the joy of business. I'd worked in so many different industries, you know, services, et cetera. And I didn't have the degree, but what I had was the desire and the willingness to choose what I knew. And your knowing is far greater than anything else. So I'm hearing a couple really big themes. One is that power of choice. The other is listening to your gut or the energy or which way the wind blows, so to speak. But those kind of seem like one is choice and one seems like kind of the universe doing its thing. So talk to us a little bit about how you reconcile the differences or or kind of make those two things work together. Perhaps that's a better way of phrasing it. 
Well, I think the universe is so willing to work with you all the time and we often refuse to work with it because I don't know about you, Dr. Richard, but most people I meet, including myself, have been control freaks of magnitude. (laughs) It's like, you know, it's like, this is the way it's going to be. And I mean, there's a really, really great movie. It's a very old movie called Auntie Mame. And there's this character in it. She's Auntie Mame and she's flamboyant and she's, you know, she's this amazing character. And she says at one stage, the universe is a banquet and people are starving to death. And to me, that's what's occurring. The universe doesn't sleep. It doesn't shut its doors on you. It's opening doors all over the place. And you ask for something, even simple as what else is possible today? Like, how does it get any better than this? And you ask something and the universe starts opening these doors to you. And then you step in with your conclusions and your judgments, et cetera, and start slamming the doors shut. If you didn't, and you allowed yourself, going back to what Gary originally you know, suggested to me, if you allow yourself to receive, you have to be willing to be out of control. And I'm not talking out of control like dancing on tabletops. I mean like out of control, like your day never shows up the way you think it's going to show up. Like there's not one day anyone has had that you go to sleep at night and go, that day showed up exactly the way I thought it was going to. It just doesn't work like that. So what if we started, you know, living our life from this adventure and and choosing your business from the adventure? From again, like you say, following your gut, following your knowing and choosing, 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 but demand of you like that no matter what it takes, no matter what it looks like, you'll create your day, your life, your business, whatever it is to be greater each and every day, your relationship, whatever, like demand that you're going to choose something greater and request of the universe to contribute to you and start receiving totally different reality. I love it. And we've talked a bit about the joy of business. I want to talk about one of your best-selling books, Getting Out of Debt Joyfully. So what was the inspiration for writing that book? I created myself to be an absolute financial mess at one point in my life. I just, you wouldn't have been able to tell if you knew me. Like I wasn't, I wasn't walking around like, you know, from, oh my God, I've got no money and the scarcity and the lack. I was just being totally neglecting anything to do with my finances. And, you know, I was definitely, if you said, Hey, do you want to do this? I'd be like, yep, I'm in, you know? And I had, I had a business at the time and, you know, I was really good at getting maybe a loan or, you know, whatever that is. And I ended up being 187,000 Australian dollars in debt. And here's the interesting thing. I had come across access consciousness and it was early on in the years and I was using all the tools of access and they were working. And I literally used to sit there and listen to Gary Douglas, the founder, and Dr. Dane here, the co-creator, talking about these tools. Like we did this money class and it was called Money Isn't the Problem, You Are, which they have a book out about that too. And they're talking about these tools. And I was sitting in the, in the audience going, oh, here we go again, these tools about money. You know, they don't work. And I sat there and went, well, hang on a second. I've totally concluded that I can't change my money situation. So what if I just tried some of these tools? And I didn't tell anyone because Dr. Richard, I don't know about you, but I found early on that the more I chose that was different, I'm going to say, and I mean this in the nicest possible way, my so-called friends weren't that supportive. Like I remember I used to smoke cigarettes and I said, I'm going to give up. I expected that everyone would be like, yay, what can we do to help you? And everyone's point of view was like, you won't be able to give up smoking. And I was like, wow, that's the so-called 
support that I'm getting. So when I did give up smoking, I didn't tell a soul and I just gave up. And it took like two or three weeks actually for someone to notice. And then I just gave up cold turkey and quit. So I thought the same thing with the money. I thought, I'm not going to tell anyone. So there's no expectations anywhere. I mean, even Buddha refers to that. You know, if you have expectations, you kill the possibilities. So I just chose to use some of these money tools. And what I noticed was, and I, I'm going to say I resisted a lot of them as well because I thought they were crazy and insane. But I knew that I had to start doing something different. I mean, Einstein's definition of insanity is doing the same thing and expecting a different result. And I knew what I was doing and what I was being with money wasn't working. So what else can I choose here? So I started using the Access Consciousness tools and within two weeks, I noticed there was something that started to change and I started to create revenue streams from really random places. And and after about three months, I literally set myself a date and my phone and started looking at my finances. And I realized after using some of these tools, I didn't have like this great deal of money yet. But what I realized was my point of view started to change. And I was like, oh, all these tools are changing my point of view. And that's such a key thing because so many people have a point of view about something. But what I would ask, is that your point of view or is that a point of view that you grew up with, like from your family or your culture or, you know, whatever that is. And it's like, what's your point of view around money? So it took me probably only just over two years to actually get out of debt and actually start to have money. So that's why I wrote the book, Getting Out of Debt Joyfully, because it was a joy. And most people are like, joyfully? I'm like, yeah. Because if you're in debt, most people don't actually want to earn a lot of money because they go, well, all I've got to do is pay it back. But something I talk throughout the book as well is you still have to live. You still have to honor you. So, And the book is not just for people who have a money problem. If you would like to create more money or get clear on your finances, it's, it's a great book for that as well. So give us a couple of the key tenets in the book that really make this unique and that people could people listening to this could apply to their lives right now. Okay. So let me give you the tool that I hated the most. <laughs> the one that I was like, oh, this makes no sense to me. So when I finally got around to, you know, figuring out like, because I, I was very neat and organized and, uh, and, but I just was like, I'm not looking at it. So when I finally figured out how much money I was in debt and it was 187000 one of the tools is to put 10% away of everything you earn that is just for you, okay? It's like called, it's an honoring. It's a tithing to you. Most people will tithe to, you know, their kids, tithe to a church, et cetera. But what if you started tithing to you? So putting 10% away. So every $100, you put $10 away, okay? Now you don't spend it. You never spend it. It's just there as a tithing to you. And that was the piece that I was like, hang on a second. I owe all these people money and I'm just going to put 10% away. That's just for me, just to sit there. Because the honor account is not for, you know, it's not for a rainy day. It's not to help a friend out. It's not for when you get stuck with the bills, but always put it away. And that's the first thing that you should do. So this is one of the things that didn't make sense to me. But when I set my alarm, I went, okay, I'm going to look at this again in three months time and just see how this has changed. And like I said, what I noticed is, that I had money in my 10% account, my honor account. But I was like, oh, it was a different energy. I actually had money. And most people who create themselves to function from this scarcity and lack aren't used to having money. The amount of people in sessions and classes I've done where as soon as people like inherit money, they make more money, 
or they've got money sitting in their bank account, they'll look for where to spend it. So the 10% account actually showed me you can just have money. And it was a really different energy for me. And so now it's like I still have my 10% account and that's years and years later. I have spent some of that on things like something that has intrinsic value. I've bought you know, platinum, silver, gold, and have it in my safe. So I've even bought some jewelry that I really liked, but it's, it's something that has intrinsic value that I could sell today or tomorrow for the same price or make more from it. So I haven't bought any real estate with it or anything like that. It's just so... And what I notice is the energy starts to change when you actually use your 10% account. So generally, it sits and grows, but if you're going to spend it, you shouldn't spend it on debt. You should spend it on things that mean something to you. Well, not necessarily. No, something that has intrinsic value because you'll make something mean something. You'll go, oh, but my my kids' college education means something. If you honestly put that that use that 10% account and just have it sitting there, you will make more money. It doesn't make sense. But guess what? This world is not linear. Money is not even linear. There's a whole magic energy that can show up with it. So most people try and pay their bills first, pay you first, like do this 10% account. And if it's not making any sense to you and you're hating it when you're listening to this, I implore of you, it's like, give it a go for at least three months and then see if something starts to change for you. Very cool. Very, very cool. And uh, before we we send ourselves off into the close here, I wanted to talk about your podcast, the Choice, Change, and Action podcast. So tell everybody about that. Well, Choice, Change, and Action podcast, I actually used to have a podcast for years called The Art and Industry of Business and Living because businesses, business and money and all of that is something I really love talking about. But then, of course, you know, as people do, I got bored. And uh, so I was like, I would like something different. So this one's actually only been out for, um, I think I started it in the beginning of 2020. And I started it Choice, Change and Action podcast because I wanted to be able to address everything that shows up. And to me, Choice, Change and Action, because most people, well, a lot of people will sit around talking about what it is they would like but you've got to take some action. You know, there's a difference between those people who wake up in the morning and say, oh, I wish I had a million dollars in my bank account to those who wake up and go, okay, what's it going to take to actualize a million dollars? What action am I going to take? And you have to choose and you also have to be willing to change what's not working for you. So, you know, every podcast, it's, it varies, you know, with what we do. We're talking about, I mean, a lot of the key elements that most people seem to think they have a problem with is like bodies, relationship, sex, money, business, parenting, you know. So we cover a lot of different topics. Very cool. We do basically whatever the hell I would like to. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, Simone, this has been so much fun and the time has flown by. As you know, everybody who comes on the show, I ask them a question at the end, which is what is your biggest helping, that one most important piece of information you'd like somebody to walk away with after hearing our conversation today? Okay. This may seem totally random from what we've been talking about, but what I would really love it if if all of you listening actually just took a breath and really tapped into you and your body and the earth. Because we're living here on planet earth. And I see so many people who are disconnected from it. 
what if it was time that we start walking with the earth, not just on top of it? And I know there's been a lot of stories and a lot of awareness in after 2020. Like, I mean, the whole planet started to change. And so for me, it's like, what if we could start to walk with the earth and ask every single day, earth, what can I contribute to you? And earth, what can you contribute to me? And what if we started receiving a totally different possibility here on planet earth? Like, we're not here to destroy it. We're here to actually be with it. And what would that be like for you? I love it. And we're here to be with the birds that I'm hearing in the background too. So. I know. Look, this is great. <laughs> I mean, that's what happens. And it's morning time. So they're like, good morning. That's so funny. Well, in all, in all seriousness, though, thank you for that. I, I would love for you to share where people can find you online, get your books, all that good stuff. Uh, well, accessconsciousness.com. And also, you know what? I'm very unique. There is no other Simone Millises in the world. So if you Google Simone Millises, M-I-L-A-S-A-S, that's my Instagram handle, my website, you know, Facebook, all of that and more. So I must have been made for media. (laughs) Outstanding. And we'll have everything Simone Millises at the show notes for this episode at thedailyhelping.com. Well, Simone, this has been so much fun. And I thank you for spending some time very, very early in your day. You're you're 13 hours different or something like that for me. So thanks for uh, getting up bright and early to do this all the way from Australia. You're so welcome, Dr. Richard. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. And I want to thank each and every one of you as well who chose to listen to this episode. If you like what you heard, go subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review because that's what helps other people find the show. But most importantly, go out there and do something nice for someone else, even if you don't know who they are, and post it in your social media feeds using the hashtag MyDailyHelping because the happiest people are those that help others. <laughs>